Facebook with uh, an expanded group, expanded roster of pulp revelators for our Monday revelations. And uh, so we, we will uh, let the great Gazoo and Brandon introduce themselves. Gazoo, what do you get? Who, who are you? Uh, I am John Mullins. I am the great Gazoo, uh, slight nerd, uh, bigger, bigger nerd than I'd probably admit to be. And uh, I'm glad to be here, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, I'm Brandon Lynn. Uh, I don't have a cool nickname, though, so I feel like kind of. Uh, uh, but I'm a big nerd too. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a well-rounded nerd. I'll say I'm a music nerd, pro wrestling nerd, and uh, I love the MCU and Star Wars and and stuff like that too. Awesome. And one of the things that that we have learned. Th this week, which is no surprise, the WandaVision is the most popular show in the world right now. Um, and so we get nerds of all kinds that will come on and talk about MCU, and particularly WandaVision right now, which is how we've been leading. Um, so we will go ahead and, um, and and not to overlook Brooks and Mark, Team Mangold, Tim Laramore, Gary Skirko, some of our, our regular folks uh, here. And I'm going to try to play the, the party animal uh, Uncle Pietro uh, run around the, the Halloween party. Um, so I guess with, let's dive right into WandaVision episode six. So if you're if you're tuning in for the first time, this is spoiler full. It, like we're talking about the episode. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it and then come back and watch us. But um, so uh, first takes on episode six, guys. Well, I guess my part, and I mean, they gave a lot of answers, which was great, but I think my favorite part is how they played up um, Pietro in this one. Um, you know, obviously, it's not the one that we saw in the Avengers films. It's the X-Men one, and even his personality is that, because in, in the X-Men films, he was more, you know, he was the thief, and he was uh, more the mischievous one than uh, the character from Age of Ultron. Because I, I, all I kept thinking was, um, you know, the Halloween scene where he's going around and just stealing everyone's candy and silly stringing everyone and all of that was, um, you know, the scenes in uh, X-Men where like Magneto and Professor X go to meet him and he's got like all this stuff that he stole down in his basement. And uh, it's just like it was such a good it, that to me, that was just such a brilliant idea to do that switch to throw that head fake at you um, by bringing that character out of the box. I'm sorry, I had a tough time. Normally, I can pick out what sitcom they're jumping off of there. Help me out. Malcolm in the Middle. That's what yeah. I thought, but usually the indoor of the house has, the interior of the house has some connection as well, and I didn't feel that. No, it just more of a, you know, how they presented the mom, like at the, in the opening credits where they open and she's all in disarray and, you know, but um, I, I think... I think what you're going to see in future episodes, because they, they moved away from that really quick, where in previous episodes, that was the focus, the whole sitcom mm -hmm. thing. Now mm -hmm. that we're kind of getting into the meat of the story, I think that's just going to be like a trope at the beginning of the episodes, and then they're getting into the actual mystery. 
Right, because we're inside the hex and outside the hex at the same time now. Yeah, that outside the hex is getting really interesting. All hex. Absolutely. And, and, and inside the hex, but inside of the show and outside of the show, inside the hex. The, oh, she just blew our minds. Because they, when, they, <laughs> when they make the screen do that, right, that's the show. And right. when the screen goes out, then it's our show. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, However, you would put that. <laughs> last episode, they said um, you heard Rambo's kind of question that they they recast Pietro, and I think that that statement it certainly it was a focus this time around about him kind of fitting in and and who is he? Because you had Wanda trying to figure out like how are you my brother when you're not how I remember you, and right. he, although he keeps telling her, look, I'm your brother, you can't fool me, he hasn't offered any evidence. Even though she's asked questions, he hasn't answered any of them. So we, I, go ahead. Do we all feel? I mean, I I, I feel I can't. Remember, I think it was either Mike or Brandon I texted. Do we all agree that at this point that Pietro is compromised? I feel like he's definitely not just some guy who doesn't know where he is. I feel like he's somebody who's on someone else's team that's trying to pump either Wanda for information or has his own agenda. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that's very it, fair. It blew, away, it blew away my theory about Agnes. Oh, unless she's lying and faking out. I mean, she still could be the big bad. Um, I, just as an aside, because we know my ADD, um, I have such a hard time with them calling Monica Rambo because every time they say Rambo, I keep expecting somebody to be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it, I made the same, I, that same thing happened to me two minutes ago when I think when Tim brought her up. I went, Rambo, what the hell's he doing? It? <laughs> and, you know, He's already been in Guardians of the Galaxy. We're good. That's right. <laughs> but um, it's a. Multiverse, multiverse. <laughs> it's all one big mystery. Like it, they, every time I think I'm starting to figure something out, they head fake you the next episode. But Mark, I think one of the things that that struck me. So you've got Vision, Pietro, and the kids are not under the mind control that everybody else seems to be. They seem to have some free will within what's going on. Yep. And so it makes me and, wonder. And Agnes, Agnes and Herb seem to have another level of that as well. Right. There's the people like the woman, the poor woman that's just hanging the clothesline over and over again, <laughs> who's who's completely frozen and and taken and her soul's taken. And then you have people like Herb and Agnes who are able to say, "Oh, do you want me to start this over? Should we rewind?" Right. You know, they're kind of in on it a little bit. Then you have Vision, who's completely separate. You have the kids who seem to be able to do whatever they want. So there's a lot of different levels right. working here, and it's really hard to tell who's controlling what and i guess that's what we're going to pick find out you know well and again i'm going with that's not the the vision that we know um because remember he didn't remember being an avenger when she asked him right well, he, he is a machine though so he's right. just blank is the way i took that is like he could be uh you know the machine could be there but nothing else is there right parts, it's, not the, it's not the vision that we knew previously yeah, well, yeah keep in mind too he's still made of vibranium you know, so he's still, I, I think the storyline that the, the director of Hayward or Howard or whatever, I think it's Hayward, um, he gave the storyline that right after the events of, of the the blip, as right. opposed to the snap, that she went and stole Vision's body. And here we are four days later, and this is where we are in this little town. It, it's interesting that they presented 
so they presented how with you know with with rambo shooting her clothes they presented you know what she can do she can take materials and manipulate them into other things so you know when you see the video of her taking the body of vision it's in like all these different pieces she only needed the pieces right like she didn't right. need to put them back together she just put them in there and that and and was able to do it there is the way i took that so yeah. maybe yeah. that's why when he tried to get out it was he was all yeah i find it curious that he tried to get out and he doesn't have the ability to leave even though he really wants out it's almost like whatever consciousness they have a vision there he is sentient and he's, he's trying to figure things out but right. i wonder if remember when we started this we kind of talked about how we're at the end of this there's speculation that vision's going to be a figment of wanda's imagination while there will be some real tangible things there is is vision going to survive beyond this and it, him not being able to get out of the hex kind of makes me feel like that could be correct it strikes me as that that's part of the deal you know, that if she's made a deal with Mephisto or whoever, that, that within her control, she has this world and everything's going to go the way she wants it. But outside of that, all bets are off. So Vision can't live out there, you know, and, and, and when it seems like something's going on, that's the first thing she does is push the boundaries out, you know, expand it so that, that her sphere of influence is bigger. And so the next question is, what are the kids? Are the kids real? Are they, can they exist outside of the hex? Are they real? I mean, what are, you know, how's that, how's it, what, you know, it's obviously not anatomically possible for them to have been born, you know, to an android and a, <laughs> and a female witch. But. A dead android. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like they are real. I do, just because in the comic world, they have children. You know, you've got Wiccan, you know, you, you've, you've got the ability to, continue their story at some point in time. I found it very interesting that Wanda was very surprised at her son's speed. Like when he first displayed that he could, he could zoom, she was kind of like, whoa. But she wasn't surprised when Wiccan could hear his father. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, that's curious to me. But she was more worried about vision. True. Yeah. What about, what about Pietro though? Cause so you know, just to, to add him to this mix, like she saw, she saw him dead too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that to me kind of throws a wrench in the, he exists kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. like he's more of a manifestation of someone else, maybe uh, trying to manipulate her. Yeah. We were talking about it a little bit before the show. I mean, I think everyone assumes it's the X-Men Pietro who slipped in from the multiverse out of those movies and into these. I'm starting to feel like that may not be possible. And I'm also starting to feel like that's going to be really hard to explain. <laughs> if they opt to go that route because, you know, obviously they cast the same actor, you know, so it's going to be really difficult if that's the route they go uh, to try to clean that up and explain it. Well, I think it's hard to explain in the next three episodes. Yeah. You know, they, they are going to have to take this a lot further. It's going to have to play out in Strange's movie. I mean, it's there's a lot to happen there if they're going to make this, you know, kosher, you know, and smoothed out nice, you know, nice and pleasant for everybody to understand. All of a sudden, Ryan Reynolds shows up the last episode. It, it's it's going <laughs> to happen. Green Lantern. Yeah. As Green Lantern. <laughs> I, I think they did something with Pietro that was pretty cool, too, though. They, you know, when when he says 
you know, she says, why are you different? And he says, hey, look, you know, you found Shangri-La here. I wouldn't want to mess it up with my old memories, my bad memories either. You know, so that that kind of reason to change. But their memories don't seem to line up. And, you know, and then, yeah, then he brings up, you know, your 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 dead husband already dead husband can't die again <laughs> that's that one's interesting because if he's really the quicksilver that he claims right right because he, he tells her that the last thing he remembers getting shot in the street and then i heard your name and i came back and right so he's saying that he's the x-men he's a quicksilver from the mcu but if that's true he wouldn't know vision was dead because vision dies after he dies in the movies so either he yeah. stopped off in purgatory where someone told him everything that happened <laughs> in the MCU or he's and lying and they just let him go <laughs> or he's lying and he's someone right. else's manifestation of Quicksilver. Or let me give you a third option. He could be Wanda's manifestation of her conscience. That's what Mark and I were talking about that uh, the other day. And I was trying to figure that out in my head it was like, because this is such this is a plot device and so many other shows that you see like if you anyone who ever watched dexter or or just the flight attendant i don't know if anyone had just watched that but it's essentially somebody that's seeing a dead person throughout the entire show not that he's dead it's a different version of that but essentially it's a way for them to talk to themselves so that we can see it yeah i always and, think of american i always think of american werewolf in london yeah where he sees his uh dead best friend the entire movie and every time he sees him he's in a different state of decay yeah, but what if what if wanda because we all know that wanda is a very big piece for the multiverse like she's one of the big tie-ins what if she has the ability whether she realizes it or not to kind of span the gap between some of these multiverses yeah. and she's Indeed. just able to she's able to see the representation she's able even though she doesn't understand it to see the representation of her brother in another universe well there's supposed to be a, a huge cameo still and like you know each week they keep saying that there's another one coming and you know some of the theories uh i think cbr did a really good list of like who it could be and that i joke about deadpool but deadpool is actually on the bottom of that list but um the top two are dr strange and uh magneto as uh, everyone's kind of like um, bets on the big right. cameo. And, I'm, and, go ahead, Mike. Oh, so Monica makes the statement, right, that I got a guy who can get me back in. He's going to be here in a half hour, but we don't see him in this episode. But right. you got to think the guy is somebody we know maybe, right? Yeah. And back to Monica, besides the fact of, um, you know, she's Rambo, um, in the comics, she's the, that character is the second Captain Marvel um so and who goes on to lead the avengers eventually years later um so the fact that they stated that she has been irreversibly changed all the way down to the molecular level um by going in and out of there i think that's kind of how they're going to work her into having some powers here soon um and you know she she still exists uh, all the way up until right after um Hickman left Marvel Comics the first time um, and right after he did Secret War. She was a member of an Avengers offshoot team, the Ultimates. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, she always is a character that boomerangs back into a leadership and big role for a few years within the comics. So I think they're really working at establishing her. And since Kevin Feige said that there will be more Avengers films in the future, it's just not for the it's just not in this phase as of yet. 
that um, I think they're kind of slowly but surely adding new characters to build a larger team. Sure. Is there somebody from the comic books that Darcy could become? Is, is she going to get superpowers? She is straight up MCU. Um, in fact, I think they did an interview with the actress and she's like, after this, I don't have anything else for the MCU. But then she also said she also didn't have anything after the second Thor for the longest time. So she said it's the type of thing where they keep you like almost on retainer to sure. come back. Well, she's and a new then, character too to use to add filler data to right, the storyline. Okay. You know, she's her background as a scientist. You know, she's she's funny. You know, it's, it's she's really easy to use to throw in information that people need throughout the episode, and it doesn't have to come from lead characters. Well, and even like there's the one character, you know, we talked about Freaks and Geeks last week um, and how like so many of the, uh, you know, the actors and all from that show have been involved with the MCU. Like Linda Carlini plays uh, Hawk, Hawkeye's wife. Um, John Francis Daly is one of the writers for uh, the Spider-Man movies. Well, this guy who played Martin, John Francis Daly, one of his best friends um, in the TV show had a tiny bit part in the incredible Hulk movie where he's sitting in the lab when they go through it and has continued on as that character as the teacher in both the Spider-Man films, the one that took him over. So it's like they have these characters that are in the background that they keep pulling back later. And you have to wonder if they have some type of plan for them. Like look at the role that Darcy has taken in this right. TV show. She's one of the, almost the main character at this point. So we had a comment from Jason Price who says he's desperately seeking a Wesley Snipes blade appearance. That would be awesome. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome if they like pull in with this multiverse oh, thing, like the 70s Lou Ferrigno Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would just, yeah, it would be awesome to pull in these like old 70s shows. So I'm, I'm going to give Jason a plug real quick. He runs a website called Icon vs. Icon. And he does a lot of really cool, um, almost top tier, top shelf level interviews with different celebrities and writers. And, Sweet. Um, he's he's plugged into a lot of this stuff too. But Goose, I mean, Wesley Snipes is too busy trying to pay his taxes, man. <laughs> I after I saw who they cast as Blade, I don't want anyone touching it. I, like they <laughs> cast like the greatest actor of our time, <laughs> like like uh, to be a Blade. Like how they got him to do that. I, I mean, I know it's Marvel, it's money and all that. It's, it's an unbelievable, unbelievable right. casting. Well, say everyone's name so they don't think you're talking about Wesley Snipes. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> I, I, I know it's the guy that played. Um, he was in the Green Book. He, he was also in, wasn't he also in Luke Cage? He was. Yeah. In Moonlight and with that, that movie. What His name is Jeez. It is Mahershala Ali. That's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I um yeah, he, he is a great actor, so I'm excited about that. But it, it is kind yeah, of fun. and also to plug Jason, I we gotta get him on here one night. So yeah. Jason, if you're still watching, we would love to have you join us um for as many episodes as you want. Um <laughs> But it's a uh, it's always interesting to uh, you know when you see the different actors and like some of the actors have played multiple roles in the Marvel universe. Like we always we've joked about Chris Evans before because he was the Human Torch in the really bad Fantastic Four movies and then moved on to Captain America pretty incredibly and did it great in that role. Yeah, 
I mean, he's America's ass. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to, you know, the, the one small throwaway detail, if it's a small throwaway detail, we got in, in the middle of the show, we got a Yo Magic commercial, you know, like a, a shark spooning off food to a guy on the desert island who can't open it into like what is this yeah i think it i think the commercials are kind of like a window into how um wanda's mental state is because they're getting darker and darker like i mean we just watched a kid slowly starve to death on a desert <laughs> island because he couldn't open his yogurt so and the great kazoo has been quiet and I know it's because he's being careful. Cause it's like giving the Snoop dog, the microphone to rap. Once you get this guy started. Oh, I'm sitting back, taking it all in. It's, uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I do believe that, that Pietro is, is a, a uh, subconscious almost uh voice for, for Wanda. Even when he brings up where were all these kids at, that's, you know, he, he knows great. what's going on inside and out. So it's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, that was that was actually really good because my wife had even asked at the beginning of the episode. She's like, "It's Halloween. How are they going to go trick or treating? There's no kids, and then all of a sudden you go out and there are all these kids." So yeah, that was a. It is kind of amazing all the insight he has and some of the things he brought up. It's like, ah. Oh. No, what did I he say? It's really cool that Wanda, if you're in her close proximity, she has a really she can let you kind of go, and and be the character she wants you to be. But if you're outside her proximity, you're dormant. Right. Uh, I thought that was a really cool right. thought process. Like he didn't, she, he didn't, she didn't write parts for those people. They just, they, all she was going to do is hang the clothesline for three hours. I, I think you could also argue she can't handle it. Right. Like, yeah. She can't handle, you know, there's the line about like, I, you know, you can't get everybody to the dentist on time and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. I think, you know, you're seeing that too. There's also somebody mentioned in one of the, one of the 8 million pieces I read, one of the articles I read about this show, they're talking about how the time like is starting like like the Incredibles and fan, and what was the, the other one was a family trap is that right parent trap parent trap and parent trap and the Incredibles and Malcolm in the Middle aren't all really in the same time frame like as much as I love Lucy like in the beginning it was very it was I love Lucy and and yakety yak and the sixties was the Brady Bunch and the Beach Boys now it's almost like she's losing control of that as well and getting a little sloppy with what years they're playing with in, in all this as well. Like she's not really in control. You can kind of see that slipping away at this point. Yeah. But you, you got a little taste of how powerful she is when she finally just went and stopped everybody and expanded her right. zone. Yes. That was, that was pretty extensive to be able to do that. Now it's, now the question is going to be now that she's expanded her zone, how much control is she going to have or how much less control is she going to have as she tries to intertwine these storylines again? You know, it's, it's, isn't one of the most interesting things to, I mean, for me anyway, I mean, do you guys feel the same way? Like who is Darcy going to be when she gets inside the zone? Yeah. You're going to get superpowers like Monica did. I mean, or do you got to go through a certain number of times or do you have to have that gene, but who is she going to end up becoming when, when she slips through? And what she what how's it going to affect her when she gets back out? You know, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting part of all this. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, the one th one thing I was going to say too is, you know, with the it looks like. Do we talk about trailers and things here, or do we not talk about trailers and things here? Go that, for it. Sure. So the trailer for that where you can see clips of like the next 
episode, we're sort of in that modern family, like talking to the camera style, which I think is going to be really fun. To, I mean, they, they did that a little bit, but this is like, that was, that was shot like Malcolm middle where you can see everybody else. This is like somebody sitting down to do an interview. Right. And, 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 Brooks said he's seen the office too. He's he's seen some somewhere where they were doing the office, which also breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, it's well, the, yeah, they're both sort of shot that way where they interview, you know, they talk to the person just by themselves and they say things to the camera. But um it, it is it is interesting because those time frames aren't all that like we're going from very drastic changes to like very subtle changes. You know what I mean? Like now it's like we're running out of time, I think is sort of <laughs> right. a theme here. There's right. clocks everywhere. There's lots of stuff about time. There's lots of, you know, the commercial about the watch and the the timer on the toaster and things, things like that. Also, I know we touched on it a little bit and I had a thought that I couldn't get in, which is that commercial is devastating. I think yeah. that's a, that, that just made me feel like, a weight of like oh no there are consequences coming here <laughs> yeah, and i think and i think that that's one of the things that's interesting to me about the character of darcy because to me she feels like i don't know she's making it out of the show kind of character <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> somebody sure. has to die i mean i yeah. hate to say it but like and i know we know certain people definitely aren't you know characters i should say not people definitely aren't going to make it out, but I, I think that we're going to see bigger consequences than what the ones we assume. Well, Tim, you said, I think, I think it was you that said two or three episodes ago, you know, we're getting taken to, to the slaughter here that when this, by the time this ends, there's no way, you know, obviously vision and, and Wanda are marching off into the sunset together. <laughs> and when this ends, it's going to be devastating. I mean, it's going to be heartbreaking to watch. I mean, I, I agree with Brandon and, and I also did whoever said earlier about vision, not making it out of this. I don't think he can. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be really hard to watch for a lot of people, particularly. the That's, that's why I think that, I mean, I really do feel like they're giving Paul Bettany a lot of opportunity to play this character and to flesh out everything he can flesh out. And he's doing a really good job with it. And I feel like they're letting him have a swan song. And to me, a comic. He's finally, we never really got an idea of who Vision was until this series came out. And he's still heroic, even thought. within the hex. Yeah. He's still a hero where Wanda, not so much. Very altruistic. And I, I do think that this is, we talk about the chaos this is going to leave behind. I, I think that this is going to push Wanda into well beyond the brink. Right. You'll see Strange either, I think Mark's idea or, or, um, Maybe it's Gary's idea. I can't remember that this, we could finally see one of our heroes turn bad, mm -hmm. like truly bad and have, have the rest of the group have to go up against them at some point in time, or at least try to save them. And I think that's the arc we're, we're building towards. And the other tragic thing could just be that she screws up again. Cause this is, this is something she's done over and over again in the MCU, right? With Sokovia, she, you know, with the building, with, every, right. I mean, she's been, had one tragic turn after another. And, you know, she may, if, if it ends up like a lot of people think, and she sold her soul to Mephisto to have this world, and then it's ended up having these way worse consequences. And she thought, you know, again, she will have been taken what advantage if, of. And what if she finds that temporary sanctuary with the X-Men or the mutants? And the real hook here is her storyline of destroying all the mutants. What if that's like three phases away? Yeah, I There's love so what much Pietro, they can do. Pietro asked, how did you even do all this? 
And she says, I don't know. You know, I don't know how I did it. I only remember feeling completely alone, empty, and endless nothingness. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Ooh, By the way, the other heavy line, the characters that they woke up said they that they felt the same way. The, you know, that they felt like this. Who? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Rambo. When she came out of the hex, she said they asked her how she, how it felt to be in there. And she said it was almost, I think it was word for word, that exact description. Hmm. I hadn't caught that. Did you can guys? We, did we the, take um, a quick second just to talk about how incredible this show is, by the way, that we're, we've been able to have these half hour, 45 minute conversations about <laughs> right. the nuances of this. I mean, they the writers have just done an incredible, brilliant job with this series. And I don't I didn't have high expectations for necessarily. And it really is an incredible piece just all the way through the way it's written and the whole concept of it. I mean, they really have done an incredible job. Well, just the tiny nuances like um, I'll post it uh to the link under this but i had sent it in our text chain which um all three of our watchers um the text chain if we could ever involve everyone or post some of them it, it sometimes goes on all day um you know things come across and just ideas and things being shared but um you know somebody had posted a comparison of fascinators magneto character and wanda and literally move for move, they do the same thing when they're facing um, all these soldiers. So that that hand flip that I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, that was yeah, they cool. basically just thump them. And as they're turning around to walk away, they're just like, pink. it just kind of like whatever they were holding back, just release suddenly like you're worthless to me. Well, and so, um, so that to me, I was like, for someone to actually like sit there and say, we need to do that move for move. I, I want to hope that there's a reason to do that, not just as a kind of like, you know, she literally were ants to her, but it's just, I, it, to me, it's like <sighs> Kevin Feige does nothing for no reason. He doesn't do anything that's not part of a larger plan down the road. Well, talking about down the road, then the very next series is March 19th and that's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. Right. We know they've snuck pictures from the set of, um, what's what's the island called? Hawaii. I'm missing it. No, it's the X Men island. The, the the original. Krakoa. No, no. We'll 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 deal with that later. But anyway, there's there's a X Men island that Magneto took um, solace on and ran to for a while. And oh yeah, they have a flag. And within the Winter Soldier screenshots, they're showing us that flag is seen. Mm. So, and we know the Zemo's back and, and all that fun stuff. So the, I, I wonder, and I'm hopeful that this is going to tie in, not closely, but close enough to start giving us a little bit more mutant exposure. Sure. And I feel like we're well on our way. So usually we kind of move around a little bit, um, but so why don't we, uh, if we go around the screen, you know, something that you're expecting from or you'd like to see revealed in the next episode of WandaVision, and then we'll move on to uh, part two of our talk. So well, you know, Tim wants to see mutants exposing themselves. <laughs> yes, that's great. Gary, do I need to bring a picture out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a podcast is this? All you got to do is just look at my Facebook. That's it. That's what we're talking about. 
we do a calendar, Brandon. So um, you have to you you'll you now have to do a calendar shoot. Okay. (laughs) What I'm I'm hoping to see this next time is just a reveal of this mystery character. Yeah, I I think if we reveal him in the next episode, that'll probably tell us a lot of where we're going. That seems right. Team Mangold. I'm I'm looking to to finally get the the hint of who the bad guy is. I mean, it's I think it's amazing that we've waited this long. I think Hayward kind of took a foot forward with his cataract, which mm-hmm. blurred vision or, you know, anti-vision or no vision or whatever, whatever the cataract protocol was on his laptop. I think he took a step forward that he's maybe involved in all of this, but I, I want to find out finally who the bad guy is. Do you, Brooks, you have anything different? I have to agree with that. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, how about you? Something from next episode? So I feel like I, I agree. I, I, I'll just agree for a second and then I'll give something new. I, I want to see a semblance of a villain because to me, Hayward is like the, he's like the red herring, like uh, typical Marvel government agency guy who is kind of good, bad, whatever, depending on what the story needs. Uh, I mean, even Fury's been that a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. I think, for me, I need to see some of these people that we've been wondering about. I just want to know more about them. So I want to know more about the Dottie situation. Why isn't she on the board? What's her deal? Who is she? Um, and I'll combo that with, I want to know more about Agnes, unless we're supposed to t- supposed to take what we saw on its face, that she's just another person. I don't know if I buy that all the way. And I'll add to that. I want to know who the freaking witness was that uh started this whole shit show you know what i mean like them chasing this witness into that has to be significant right people that are in witness protection have committed crimes typically or they are very involved in a group that has committed crimes so to me that is that should be something fairly significant that i would really want to know but i'll just say those three people i want to know more who they are what's their deal like what's what else is going on with those three characters three characters awesome john yeah i like to see some loose ends tied up uh seems like there's a lot of uh hanging chads here you know <laughs> friend who was you know there's one moment where even uh wanda said to pietro you know who's that kid with the skin affliction that you used to know is you know and, and that might just be a passing uh you know conversation then again it could allude to something else so, yeah Darcy was trying to figure out that last firewall. You know, all those small things that that are going to mean something bigger. That's what I want to see. Good call. Skirka? Um, everyone's already touched upon the cool stuff. Um, so I'll go with um, what I really want to see is if this kind of, um, you know how in the MCU movies there was always a mid-credits critic. Everyone's a critic. There was a mid-credit scene that kind of led into um, – the next movie i mean everyone except for endgame because and you know endgame but um i want to see if this does that leading into um into uh falcon and winter soldier because like tim brought up um despite all joking um of exposure the that uh you know they are kind of throwing hints down for the mutants i mean you have the pietro from the x-men movies whether whoever he turns out to actually be um, I looked up the flag. It's Madripoor, and that is a huge um, setting in the X-Men books. In fact, it's like Wolverine's second home 
in the X-Men comics. So you have um, you have an island that's a criminal. It, it's always like basically set up as almost kind of like a Casablanca type of place um, for anyone familiar with the movie Casablanca, where it's like openly a criminal enterprise, but they uh, play it up more as like a high socialite type of setting. So, um, you know, you, you had, and that was always strictly a setting for mostly mutant stories all the way through the nineties. So the fact that that's playing a, I mean, obviously it's kind of branched out in the comics where, you know, Captain America has been there. Um, but still it's a huge setting. And like I said, they don't do anything just to do it. There's always a reason why they throw this stuff in there. Mike. I think all, all great points. So that will move us beyond one, the WandaVision realm. Um, we were talking about our secondary conversation, our second thread. Um, something that was kicked around was the idea, you know, we're, we're watching a TV se series now, which is now the number one rated TV series. You know, we also know it's going to tie into movies. So thinking back, what was a, a great movie that started out as a TV series? What's something that started on TV and then became a movie that was you know maybe even better or um you know movies that came from tv so i'll i'll kick off with something here that the blues brothers wayne's world you've got saturday live that spun off so like you know a lot of really bad movies but you know really cool ones too. Heads. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> ladies man you know um but but Blues Brothers in particular, that's one that just you know came right out of TV, and then just turned it on on its head. I look at the uh, early '80s, mid '80s classics, A Team, uh, Twenty One Jump Street, yep. those those movies, uh, Charlie's Angels, Chips. Yeah, those, that was, too, yeah. I was always a sci-fi guy, so you get Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica. I mean, well, no, Battlestar Galactica hasn't made it to the big screen yet. They're talking about filming a. Uh, either rehashing the entire episodic type thing or right. um, doing like a um, three or four part movie. So uh, Star Trek, that's an easy one. Yeah, it almost seems like with most of the Star Trek shows, um, they have the season finale of the TV show and you know about a year later, the first movie will be coming out <laughs> related to that. So yeah, they seem to continue on really well. Um, I'm going to speak... <clears throat> No one wants a Charlie in the box. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I'm going to speak for me and Jeff Sanders um, at Firefly. Uh, it got canceled way too young, and then they were able to finish it as a movie. Um, you know, we'll forget the whole Joss Whedon thing, but because there are so many good actors and all in there. But it, it you know, it started, it, it's a great space Western that was before its time, actually. And people were like, oh, let's not watch it while I was on Fox. And so literally that movie happened because of the fans. They were mm -hmm. like, you know, they, they championed that movie for years, like even before uh, crowdfunding was a thing. And then the movie came out and did really well, at, at least story-wise. I love it. Well, you and I were just talking about this the other day, Deadwood. Fantastic yep. TV show, great movie. Yep. Deadwood, absolutely. It was, and it was the same type of thing. It took, uh, it stopped. And then took years to finish up as a movie. And it was just because another thing, it was the fans again. It was like, you know, they didn't know if it was going to go on or happen. And then finally, like there was enough screaming for it that they finished it up. 
Well, isn't The Walking Dead headed that direction too? I think they have three movies coming out. Yeah, this is the last season coming up, and then um, they'll be doing movies that focus back on Rick Grimes. Makes sense. So I think that they were supposed to be theatrical releases originally, and then they would be later be offered on on cable TV. But now I think they've gone they've gone away from the theatrical idea, and they're going to be made for TV releases. Was that a graphic novel first, or was it a TV show first? Yeah, Walking Dead novel. Yeah, oh, so. and, and a lot of the same characters, but what they did brilliantly for the TV show, or what I sh- should say is Robert Kirkman did, is um, a lot of the same characters, completely different storylines and fates. Um, that was really weird because, like, you know, spoiler alert, um, but, I mean, literally, if you haven't watched The Walking Dead or read the comics, you're, you're definitely really late to the game. Um, Carl, in the comics is like one of the final survivors and lasts all the way through to like the future of that world. Whereas Carl in a TV show died years ago, seasons ago. And uh, Daryl never existed in the comics. Um, in fact, Kirk Kirkman purposely would not bring him into the comics because he wanted Daryl to be a sole portion of the TV universe. Now they're getting a spinoff, uh, him and Carol, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're going to be doing spinoffs and uh, like, you know, <laughs> Kind of again, I'll bring up the '70s Incredible Hulk because, despite the fact that it like compared to special effects now, it's a little cheesy. It was a good show for its time. Admittedly, like it. it was haunting when that song would start and you'd see David Banner walking away at the end, you know, with the Hulk having screwed up his life again wherever he was. But it, um, you know, they kind of did the same thing. It seems like The Walking Dead was doing. The TV show will finish. There'll be a finale, and then they'll do a bunch of. Um, you know, the old term used to be made for TV movies, but now it's just movies because, you know, our current world. So it seems that seems to be the theme is like it's a way to continue on um, a TV series in some cases where it's outlived its usefulness. Ratings go down, so they'll end it and then suddenly come back at you with a movie with bigger budget. Which interests you again. Yeah, they, the AMC's announced that they have plans for Walking Dead for the next 15 years. So as long as it's still selling commercial slots, they've got a plan. Yep. It's it's kind of interesting to me because I I think TV is like the new movie. You know what I mean? Like I I think that you can tell much better stories the way that people consume television now. Television, whatever even that means, you know, content. I guess um, that you know, movies almost an archaic medium, which is really weird to say. Um, but for me, it was always X-Files. It was, I liked the idea that they were, they already were kind of like these little movies that connected and some didn't, but even the ones that didn't, did in a little way. And the first movie was really, really good and tied everything together. And then things started to get, you know, just as things do with these ten things that are so, I think Marvel's the only, you know, property in the history of ever that didn't screw the, these things up. You know what I mean? Like usually even something that's done well for a period of time gets to a point where it isn't. Um, and, and the second movie was kind of bad, but, but yeah, that, that's the one for me that, that was really special seeing that in the theater and seeing, you know, the show that I spent so much time with mm-hmm. on that screen. But now I feel like it's like the opposite. You would, now I feel like they're starting to make TV shows out of movies. <laughs> like, I feel like that thing is starting to happen. Right. Yeah. Don't you look forward to that though? I mean, you get a two-hour movie or you get mm-hmm. 
a six season run on certain characters. Like if they made Stranger Things a movie, I'd be disgusted. I mean, right. the Born Identity went that way, right? It started as I know it was books or whatever. It's movies now. It's a show, right? That's Trust the me. new thing is to go the other way. And I think I think the Mandalorian wouldn't have been nearly as interesting as a movie no as way. it has been as a as an episodic you know television show. Yeah, it's or hard. It's hard to hear Star matter. Wars though in this conversation because they did it years ago. I mean, come on, the Star Wars holiday special. I mean, right <laughs> the first movie they busted that out. Still have it on beta. Yeah, or you, could, or, you, or you could do what the Justice League movie is doing, which is like pretending to be a show just right. by making a really long movie and cutting in the four piece. I mean, that's not a show. Like that's a movie that you're scared no one's going to sit through, right? <laughs> it's funny, man, I don't know why my voice is cracking up. It's funny, it's funny that you brought that up because that was something we were going to talk about tonight, which is great. But um, I, I watched the trailer yesterday, and. I felt my hope diminish a little bit. Like I really was kind of looking forward to this and I watched the trailer and I was like, Oh, it doesn't really look that different except Steppenwolf looks different. And here's dark side. Right. So I'm still going to, I'm of course I'm still going to watch it. I mean, it's one of the primary reasons I signed up for HBO max, but man, I, I explored HBO max yesterday for the first time ever. I've had it for months and never really looked through it. I don't think I'm ever going to leave my house. There's so much on there. That's true. Just, um, I'm looking forward to it because I just want to see what his original vision was before it got all chopped up. Yeah. There's an article out today that said um, that Snyder had a plan for uh, Batman to go up against other characters, to go up against um, Leto's Joker, but Affleck specifically to go against Jared Leto and things like that. Like he has a plan beyond this. So I think if this sees, it's not going to see monetary success. But if this sees like a claim from the critics, they might give him the keys to drive down the road a little bit further. Wait, wait, did you say it was Jared Leto? I thought I thought that was Marilyn Manson. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. <It> looks, <laughs> this is a bad like, joke. <laughs> no, you're spot on, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's that's I'm something like I have wanted to see him kind of get turn loose as the joker because when you read about the behind the scenes stories of suicide squad like they kind of make him seem like a jerk but i remember reading them thinking that's actually kind of cool like he never came out of character and he would like send like the most horrible jokes to his co-stars like i think will smith wanted to kill him at one point because he was just messing with his co-stars so much i mean my biggest problem i mean gary i had the same exact reaction you did yesterday when i watched the trailer i just went oh my god because i was i've been looking forward to it and i you know, I watched it. I went, you know, my, I, my hope diminished and crashed and burned. <laughs> so I watched it and I'm like, I don't want, you know, this is a, basically everything everybody didn't like about all the movies that they've made. They just put them all together now. You know, I mean, nobody liked Jared Leto as a Joker and now they're throwing that in there. It's super dark. They're making it R rated, you know, which is fine, I guess, but for what game, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't see anything and there was a one part of that trailer that looked interesting to me. And on the cut to the contrary, it looked to me, you know, the acting looks, looked stiff, everything about it. You know, he's talking about making a black and white version. And I'm just sitting here going, you're every single thing you're saying is making me less interested in this. You can't do anything to make me less interested. I'm the only thing worse than a four hour justice league movie is a four hour justice league movie in black and white with Jared Leto as a joker. I'm still being hopeful. I'm still looking forward to it. But I did hear myself when he was walking up to the character 
that we all know as the Joker now with long hair, I heard myself say to myself, Martha. <laughs> John, you were going to say something. Go ahead, man. No, I was just saying uh, no one got excited to see granny goodness in the, in the trailer. <laughs> I thought that was cool. And the reason why I'm like kind of excited is the fact that they're playing up more of the new God stuff. And there's a new God's movie coming out yeah. with Tom King co-writing it. Yeah. So I'm really kind of like hoping that maybe this ties into that a little bit. And it's the first introduction of the fourth world. Cause I know that's what the original plan was that, you know, they're going to try to uh, pull reverse Marvel off of this. And from the justice league spin off into all these um, single movies, which they did. Um, you know, we had Aquaman who it was decent. I liked Aquaman uh, wonder woman. The wonder woman movies were good. The first one I thought was um, a little bit better than the second one um, for what they are. Um, you know, we haven't seen Batfleck yet. I know he's supposed to be in Flashpoint. Um, but, I mean, it, there's potential if this is good. That's the biggest, uh, that's right. the biggest hurdle. Oh, if it's bad, then there's a bunch of fans out there going to be like, man, we did all that for that. I don't know. Aquaman was a meh movie that was an hour too long. And now they're asking us to sit through even more of Justice League. And I know they're going to do some character development for like Cyborg and and The Flash. And maybe I'm kind of holding on to the idea that the hope that the reason this trailer isn't revealing all of Snyder stuff is because he doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag. He's He's got a different ending. He's got an hour and so more footage in it. And he just... He wants it to be special because it's going to be a streaming release. You know, he just he wants people to be able to appreciate it. And if he holds on to it a little bit longer, maybe when it busts out, it'll it'll get that acclaim that it needs. And I think the DC and Warner Brothers is it Warner Brothers? Yeah, yeah, desperately need that push to push these these other movies that they're trying to do. He should have busted out another Leonard Leonard Cohen song in the trailer. I mean, he, he he's always using Leonard Cohen. And I think having that music in the background in some of the trailers has been perfect. And this one didn't have that. I was disappointed. I think, Tim, you're the glass half full, though. I mean, that, that we'll hope for something like that when it comes out. And, and well, my glasses is full. I say that as not even being a DC fan. Like, I, yeah. Other, other than Christian Bale's Dark Knight run. I haven't been impressed with, I've been entertained, but I haven't been impressed. You know, when I go and buy a ticket to a movie, I just want to be entertained, but you want me to come back? You better impress me. Right. Are you not entertained? Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I gotta be honest. I haven't been interested in any of this. Uh, I mean, I I was super into the dark Knight movies. um, And I couldn't even get through like 30 minutes of Superman because there was too much like inside baseball, like we're we're in we're in alien land, wherever. The, I, I don't know. It just made my head want to explode. And I did make myself sit through Batman versus Superman, but it was it was a chore because it was like the on director's cut or something. So I think it was like three hours long. It wasn't as I didn't feel like it was as bad as I had been told it was, but it wasn't good. I mean, it, it wasn't that good. And, and it, I think part of the problem is when you have, you know, the greatest thing ever on one side, and then this is what you're walking in. You're, you're, you're walking in with, you're in this world now where this has been done the right way. And 
it hadn't been for so long by anyone. So you could sort of judge these things independently. And now I feel like they have a bigger bar to, to live up to. And that's part of why they're not. Well, the problem is they're trying. Either you're going to give us episodic movies or you're going to find a way to create continuity like Marvel has done. You, you can't just kind of try to piece it together. You have to work really hard. You have to have a 10-year plan like Marvel started with. They, they try to catch up too quick, too fast. There's no question about it. And I would love to have an episode where we actually, maybe in between WandaVision and Falcon the Winter Soldier, where we actually become studio executives and talk about how we would have fixed the DC Universe and done it the right way. I think that'd be a really interesting conversation. Done. I'm a DC comics guy. I mean, I love, I mean, DC comics are what I read for the most part. And I just, you know, it's just, yeah. it's really frustrating and, and upsetting for me because they just can't, you know, they just can't seem to get it right. And, and, you know, we watched fandom, we did that whole thing and I, I, I really had high hopes coming out of it. But uh, I, I think, Brandon, I think you have the perfect tagline for the DC movies. They're not as bad as you've heard, but they're not good. <laughs> I think that's the way I felt about all of them. You know? I think, um, and they're going to have a hard time topping that scene in Endgame where all the portals open up behind, you know, Cap as he's getting to beat down. And when he finally gets the utter Avengers assemble. I mean, to me, that is like the top superhero movie moment that like trying to top that is going to be like extremely difficult for any movie following. And that's yeah. why I think it's great that they took this twist with WandaVision that they took. They kind of pulled away from that. By, by the way, I know that the this group is biased, but you're underselling that. It's it's the top movie moment, not just yeah. superhero movie. I mean, like that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen and felt like right. during a movie. Um, that's the closest I've ever been in a movie to feeling like I was at a concert. Like, I mean, the, the, the crowd went completely nuts and it happened. I mean, then we went to San Diego Comic-Con and we got to watch it in the, in the theater there with all those people. And it was like watching it all over again. I mean, it, it is an incredible, incredible moment. Right? And it was like in San Diego Comic-Con, like they showed the three scenes that made everyone go nuts. Iron Man snapping, the hammer and the portal scene. Right back to back to back. That nice. people were just completely and you're like oh my god you know you, oh and right before that was a snap too right <laughs> by, by, by the way we were talking about dc and and you know how problematic it's been if they would just hire the people who write their video games and some of their animated stuff to yeah. do the movies because or the comic books for that i know you don't you're not that familiar but well i mean that goes without saying but sure. I, I think that's clear but i mean like even but they have properties that are like more visual uh you know bigger bigger consumption products that have been done the right way and and like i don't know if you guys play video games but the, the batman video games have been better than the movies in some senses oh and, yeah the arkham games have been incredible. oh my god and, and, the, and the and the games are putting out in like next year and the year after that look incredible and and have the same tone and style and their storytelling so i don't know where the disconnect is and and but I do liken it to, and I know Mark will appreciate this, but I don't know how many of you guys are like sports guys too, but like DC just fires their coach every, I mean, they're the team that fires their coach every season, right? Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> like it doesn't work. Well, you know, so DC has some properties that are really, I enjoy like Titans. If you guys get a chance to check out Titan, that's something they've been building pretty decently. And I look forward to see where it goes. They just don't, they don't believe in continuity. 
They've done good with their shows. Like Arrow was good. I liked Arrow a lot. The Flash cool. has been. But then good. the movie guys are like, ha, 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 "We're not doing. We're not going to use any of those guys." No. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that worked. Ah, that sucks. We don't want that. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, a lot of the a lot of the actors and actresses who have who have been on those TV series, they've they've really kind of cut their way through learning their skill and they've, they've become decent actors and actresses while doing those. I mean, Stephen Amell is, is really, really good at playing arrow. If, if there was a green arrow movie with him in it, I would be, I'd be all for it. I'd sign up in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you know, and if they had Brandon Routh as the Adam and they did all the, you know, I would be all in for that. I mean, I'd be totally excited about it. You have failed this property. <laughs> by, by the way, Stephen Amell uh, has wrestled. Mm-hmm. in the wwe and he is developing uh-huh. a show about wrestling in which they have cast i believe cm punk who also writes comic books so that's look right. at that that is cool just connected all those worlds but that's that's right. so yeah and and we've got movies coming out pretty soon um you know where you've got the rock and uh john cena in in different movies so john, john what did you want to say i was just saying i think we're all in agreement that uh birds of prey Deserved an Oscar is what I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never put the movie on my list. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it's not going to happen for me. There's a, there's a character in WWE right now, a female wrestler who is doing a Harley Quinn character. They're not calling it Harley Quinn, but it's essentially the same thing. A thousand times better than what I saw in the preview of that movie. It's it's kind of crazy. And Margot Robbie, I mean, how can you go wrong with Margot Robbie as as Harley Quinn? I mean, I, it's just it's incredible. It really is amazing. I am looking forward to James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yeah, oh, yes. anyone can pull a DC movie out of the slump. It's Gunn. Yeah, yes. I'm with you there. Just because he's so, I think he's like more of an encyclopedia than I am. Like the stuff that he had pulled out of the hat. Is this another reflush, or are they keeping the same actors and stuff? Uh, gone. They Margot Robbie and um the guy who played Captain Boomerang, I think, are the only returners. Right. Look at the like. Look at the wow. what they have released so far, though. It is so out of the box. I mean, they have like what Crazy Quilt is one of the characters. It's like some of the worst Batman villains ever. Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Poker Dot Man is a character that I least expected to be in a movie. <laughs> Pete Davidson's playing somebody, and all, all I can picture from most of those characters He's playing the weasel is, is like um X Force and Dare and Daredevil or in um Deadpool 2, right. where it's like we're we're X Force and every one of them die as soon as they leave the plane. Yeah. And it's just like it, like that's what I'm kind of picturing for like I think it's actually going to be a suicide squad movie this time instead of like one or two of the Suicide Squad die, I think you're going to see very few of those characters make it out of the other end of that movie. I, 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 I have a feeling right that like, one of the characters you don't think are going to survive is going to survive like the whole movie, though. Kind of like the Royal Rumble, Brandon. Where, like, yeah, meanwhile, they have Idris Elba in it, and they haven't released who he's playing technically, and all I'm picturing a scene is um, like Samuel L. Jackson in uh, Deep Blue Sea. Where it's like, you know, he gives this rousing speech and he's like, got everyone all of a sudden, like the shark just and rips him in half. <laughs> we have got to stick to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, but that was, that was Samuel L. Jackson. And there's like an hour left in the movie after that happens, by the way. 
What's there's that? Still, there's still an hour left in the movie after that happens. <laughs> yeah, they just they've just played that up for a video game commercial. He's playing. Um, <laughs> he's on there and he's like giving the rousing speech, and at the very end, this flying whale eats him. It's just like. I thought to myself, did I just see a deep blue sea reference in a commercial? Like, I know it's crazy. Who has even seen that movie? But like, apparently, you and I have. So, <laughs> well, when they when, when they list like shocking deaths, when you see these lists, most shocking deaths in movies, when they don't include that one, I'm like, more people need to watch that movie because I was damn shocked when the toughest guy in the entire movie, because even his character, like he had survived like cannibalism when they got trapped in a cave and stuff like that. And he's like telling people how they can survive and he gets bitten in half. And you knew Michael Rappaport wasn't going to make it to the end of that film, but Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. So we got time for one more segment. If we're going to try to stick under it, you know, with our hour or under. Um, so, one of the things that I that I read this week that will give us, um, you know, a kind of a softball lob here, is they they interviewed the Russo brothers about how and, and who talked about how hard it is to recast Wolverine because of how memorable Hugh Jackman was in the part. So, if you were given a chance to recast Wolverine, who would you pick to play Wolverine? I think for me it would be fairly certain for me it would be Tom Hardy. Oh, you stole mine. He's one of my favorite actors, but I think he would bring a lot of uh, a lot of nuances to that character that needs to be. I'm totally with you, John. Or Conor McGregor. That's a good pick too. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Well, I, I think they they obviously have a problem with Tom Hardy. Because he's already in the MCU as Venom, and he's got four more movies left there, and they're going to be crossing paths with Spider-Man, and you know, it's that's a tough pull. I, I think you're spot on with he'd be perfect for it. You know, I could see him playing kind of a dark character. He played in The Revenant. Yep, Matthew McConaughey. Well, like that's that. a joke. I, I, there's no I, actually, I actually like that. I think he could pull that off. I all think. right, all right. Yeah, I mean, he was. Can, you, can you hit Gary's mute, please? Just right there. <laughs> no, I like Matthew McConaughey in a lot of roles, but I think Wolverine would be not a good mix. Tom Hardy would have been my pick too, and almost that almost seems pretty unanimous. Yeah, Tom Hardy was my pick too. Um, I, you know, if you I, is it cheating to just say that they got to figure out a way to keep Hugh Jackman? Because I think he played the part really well, and I don't know that you know you're going to have to find someone who's a really you know Christian Bale could do it if you want to try to get. Although he's going to be the God Butcher, right? I don't know that you're going to find guys who are you know jacked up and look on steroids to be. You know, I mean, to, to have the acting nuance to do it it's that's a really tough part but i think you're gonna have to pull Hugh Jackman, he did say at the, at the end of logan that he was done with the spot but then they he gave a little tidbit that he'd come back if wolverine could go up against the avengers he, he did say that at one point now he might be done with the character by now but maybe ryan reynolds could talk him back into it but i, I, I do reynolds would like that they need to go younger I mean, if it's, if it's going to push the future, now they could have Hugh Jackman with the multiverse playing a version of him. 
um, and kind of coming across what seems like a younger version of himself and him kind of passing the torch to, hey, go for it, kid. I agree with that. And I can't, and I really can't think of a younger actor that's in their 20s that stands out to me that that could play that part. That, I think that's where the, the struggle is. But, you know, they'll, they'll find someone Here's, perfect for it. So well, I'm, on, I'm on Screen Rant going through their list of names that have been proposed. This is from like 2019. Uh, there are some ones on here that just aren't going to happen, like Robert Pattinson and stuff like that. But someone threw in here John Bernthal. I was just thinking that if he wasn't the pun, I want him back as the Punisher, though. Right. I, I he would do great, but I, he's already the Punisher. Um, I, I think I read that same list a few days ago. Um, they did have an interesting person who I think has the acting chops to do it. They would he would definitely have to go through like a huge boot camp of Joaquin Phoenix. I feel like he's too old. Eh, the original Wolverine was older than everyone else. So right. depends on how old he's supposed to be, I guess, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, you don't want like a teen, you know, early 20s looking guy, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Joaquin Phoenix is an extraordinary actor. We, we keep trying to find a role for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, on the older side, but that would still be fun. You know, I mean, the, that's that's been bandied about for a while now, too, is that he would be Wolverine. And I mean, that, and I think that could work, too. I mean, I, I think the, you know, the actor, they're going to CGI it enough. You know, which yeah. is why I think a Keanu Reeves or a Matthew McConaughey could do it. I think they got the acting chops for it. And then they're just going to CGI them up and <laughs> make them Mark, look right. Mark Ruffalo didn't get buff to play the Hulk. Right. <laughs> the, the one I saw on the list that I thought was the most intriguing of the couple lists I saw was Oscar Isaac. I thought he he's the right age. He's a really good actor. He's never really played a role like that, like as far as the tough, the grit of it. Mm -hmm. To me, that feels like something that like his agent is probably, you know, like that. I always think of it in a way of like, why would the other than money? Why would the actor do this? And and to me, that's the kind of actor that's ready for a role like that. Didn't yeah. they, hasn't he signed on to something? Yeah, he's going to be right. Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah. Everybody's something already. Like yeah. I, even freaking Jared Leto is going to be in the MCU now. As a <laughs> Morpheus, or is that is, is that the character? Morbius, the Morbius, yeah. Morbius. You know, if we're not worried about age, what about like Gerard Butler? Be good. He, he has those student loans to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> this could take care of those loans. See, awesome. you know what? This would be way more fun if we said who who it shouldn't be. It should not be Zach Efron. I saw his name. No. Daniel it, should not be, it should not be Adam Driver. It should not be. It should not be Rain Wilson from The Office. What about Hayden Christensen? You know, he played Darth Vader. Sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to bring up any bad memories. John, you were going to say something earlier, man. You got to hop in. No, I was just saying that uh, one of the interesting names I saw was Kit Harrington. Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Yeah. I can see that. He's Isn't playing he the Black Eternals? Knight in the Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. So they sucked him up in a different role, too. They have too many characters. <laughs> they really do. They'll they'll figure it out. It's just it's I think we need to go with someone who's not too well established. Yeah. What they need to do is kill off one of the characters that they're already playing, like Josh Brolin. I mean, he was cable and Thanos. They've killed off Thanos, so now he can be cable again. <laughs> yeah, but have they? 
Yeah, isn't there rumors that Thanos is going to be in in things? Well, he's inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we will sign off for tonight, you know, with inevitable circa. But this was fun talk. I mean, the the inevitable skirk. Brandon and John, great to have you guys on. This has been a blast of a show. Um, So we will be back next week at 7 o'clock, and we'll talk about the newest WandaVision and all kinds of other stuff. And And maybe uh, then we'll leave enough time to talk about this week's and next week's comics. Well, yeah, maybe. We'll (laughs) see. We'll we'll, we'll move them higher up on the list. Your show is a manifestation of what's happening in uh, the real world. The, the movies and the shows are pushing the comic books out of the way. That's yeah, true. There it is. All right. Peace, viewing public.